With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Athletic. Totally Football Show. In today's European edition, we're talking Champions League, the Magpies in Paris, Red Devils in Hell, and Barcelona in big trouble. Plus, a buyer on fire, Derby d'Italia. How did the City Group undo Trois and much more in this Totally Football Show? Monday, 27th of November. Listener, hello to you. It's the Euro crew back from our international break. We've got Jules. Indeed. Hello. How are you doing, Jules? Alvaro. Hola, hola. Rafael Honigstein. Hello. And James Horn Castle. Hello there. Say international break. Big one, James. For Italy, qualifying for a tournament. They qualify, they qualify for the tournament which they are the holders of. Absolutely. In style. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Never there in doubt. Go. Okay. Some countries are busy. Are we... Oh, no, we're not going to mention the potential foul at the end of that game, no? Ah, he doesn't touch him. Oh, okay. Fair enough. He doesn't touch him. Oh, I, mean, I thought so. I'm with you on that. This is, yeah. I feel that was... Even you. What do you mean, even me? Well, I'm it's, a fair-minded individual. Well, <laughs> uh, I yeah, feel yeah. that Ukraine, Ukraine were harshly treated by the... Look at the fact that they didn't even review it on I think it was, was a bit of a dive, though, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but there was contact for him to yeah. dive. There over. wasn't contact. Spanish I think there wasn't. If you compare that to... Who was it went down at the 2006 final uh, in that very delicate game for Italy, which Totti scored the penalty for against Australia? Was it Grosso who went uh, down? Fabio Grosso. Yeah. yeah. This was much more of a penalty than that. That was very much falling over an outstretched leg. Yeah, but it didn't have VR then. And we... Didn't apparently have it for this instant either. Anyway, Jules, I thought you were going to mention another international scoreline, one involving Gibraltar. Oh, yeah, 14 nil. I'll take that. The, the, the controversy or the debate was that Didier Deschamps at halftime said to his players, let's keep going. Mm. The record is 10 against Azerbaijan. Why does he hate the Gibraltans? I don't know. <laughs> what have they done to him? I don't know. It's The Rock. Or to his family, it's The Rock, yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen that film for a long time. Mm. The bad news, of course, is that France and PSG lost Warren Zairemri in that game, unfortunately. But apart from that, it was uh, it was fun. Okay, can't believe you're still intimidated by that one tweeter who said we shouldn't be talking for five minutes about you know restaurants and stuff. Yeah, like that. you're ignoring this. Like you went the straight into football. Foul. What the hell? Most <laughs> people I actually it. had restaurant chat scheduled for later. Ah, did you? Last time we were here two weeks ago, we we, we asked people to, and there was a a plebiscite. Plebiscite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about football. Alvaro, though, bittersweet for Spain. Why? Well, you lost Gabby for the rest yeah. of the season. You're not bothered. All right. No, I am. Rafa, bittersweet for Germany. <laughs> Too late. Bittersweet for Germany. Only bitter. Not Only sweet. bitter. Yeah. What's going on with Germany? So, you, this last game, you lost 2 0 against Ralph Rennick's Austria. Mm-hmm. That means under Julian Nagelsmann, he won his first game and he's yeah. not won any since. No. The three games one since. One win, one draw, two losses. Yikes. 
Is there a problem there? They should have got Ralph Raniak in. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> There's clearly a problem. There's clearly a problem. Because some people say, oh, it's just the fact they're playing friendlies and it was like that for England ahead of Euro 96 and then they did all right in the tournament. I mean, there is maybe an element of that, but after the very poor World Cup, there was a lot of pressure on the team to, to play better. And after Flick was fired, then again, there was a sense of, okay, now let's start playing. You know, Nagelsmann is here. And it lasted for two games uh, in October. They were good, both of them. But... Yeah, Turkey, maybe the first half was half decent, but then Austria was an absolute shambles. That game on Tuesday night, very, very bad. And uh, some people are saying if Nagelsmann were to lose the next couple of games in Surely March... No. Who's coming in, Raf? Well, Rudy. Rudy Nazionale. Right. Who won his game against... So was it? France. France. Yeah. The only game... Let them win. The only game that Germany have really won in 2023 that was sort of relevant or a decent opposition was was against France when Rudy was in charge Aunt Rudy Aunt Rudy <laughs> no, yeah. tan, no Tante Kete oh. would you not yeah. go for an Italian coach given there are four Italian coaches at the Euros which one would summer? you recommend well, well I mean the Italians are claiming yeah, I mean, Domenico wise. Tedesco Dominic yeah. German yeah um, who's coaching Belgium he's taken already uh, obviously Montella was part of the Turkey team that uh Caused Germany some problems. Yeah. Marco Rossi of Hungary. You know, he's been doing great work there. Francesco Calzona of Slovakia. You've never heard of. That, I mean, Francesco Big Sock. Right. Calzone. Calzone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, so that's, that's, that's what, what a Calzone is. Yeah, it's yeah, a sock. So Big sock. Which gives us our nicety to the restaurant chef. <laughs> 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 I don't know Calzone in ages. No. All right. So performances um, have been quite mm-hmm. flat. anyway hamming it up again (laughs) so um hey moment of the week hey what'd you say raf i'm really struggling you're really struggling i'm really struggling and listen to come up with an outstanding moment of the week okay should we come back to me come back to me i would go for Sunday afternoon. Oh, yeah? uh, it's a Nantes against Le Havre game at the Stade de la Bourgeois. And André Ayou is back in France after eight years of exile in England, in, uh, in Qatar, everywhere. And Dede Ayou is back now playing for Le Havre, the promoted side. And he was making his debut against Nantes. So he came on in the 65th minute, nil-nil game. And Le Havre really needs his experience. It's a young squad. It's a young team. They need his experience. His cold heads. All that kind of approach, right? And two minutes and 24 seconds into his debut, he gets sent off. So not really the return that the DIU wanted in France after eight years far from the Liga pitches. And one to forget, really. Okay. Alvaro. Plenty of choice here. Mm. We have had good games, uh, excellent goals as well. All right. But my favorite moment has to be Morales' hat-trick in 23 minutes. He's a 36-year-old man. Basically, he's a late bloomer because he started playing in uh, the top flight at the age of 27. But uh, he gave uh, Marcelino his first win as Villarreal manager, which is a good thing. And also, the quality of the goals. I would say that the second and the third goals are spectacular. The first one with the sombrero, and then he ran 40 meters. Amazing, the control, the sombrero, the run. Comandante Morales! Que maravilla de gol del comandante! Sombrerito en el centro del campo. ¡Tac! 
And the second one, uh, the third one, sorry, just uh, dribbling past the goalkeeper in a very imaginative way, doing like a step over, the goalkeeper was on the floor, and then he scored beautifully. That step over, by the way, the first time I saw it, it was Nicolás Anelka in 2000 or 1999 right. playing yeah, for yeah. Real Madrid in an international tournament, the mundial, Mundialito. His first goal for PSG. Does it have a name? I don't think so. It's like a step over, you pass the ball over the... Over the, to pass the leg over the ball, and then the goalkeeper Play. falls basically because the he other thinks. Way. Yeah. Oh, so you know, no more step over. It's mm. on the outside of your leg. Mm -hmm. This one is inside. It's inside. Yeah. So you pretend to shoot basically, and instead of shooting, your leg goes over the ball. Mm. Right. So the keeper dives, and then ha. beautiful. And Anelka did one. 23 yeah. years ago. That was the first time I saw it. And Morales this time did it even better, I would say. All right. This is part of the 3-1 win of Osasuna. She's Villarreal up to 12. I feel really bad for Anelka. I mean, are we saying that this skill originated with him? And yet He's it's been the forgotten. He's the one I saw, I saw doing. Yeah. Right. He should copyright that. The Anelka faint. Maybe. I imagine. Yeah. The Anelka, yeah. Raf has found a moment of the week. I found a right? moment of the week. Okay. Uh, uh, Is it Bocconcino? No. Mm. It's Kevin Folland scoring a goal. Monaco legend. Monaco legend. 88 minute. Knoche verlängert für Folland. Was ist denn hier los? 1-1 to rescue point for Union, but more importantly, James, to finish that terrible run of nine Bundesliga defeats in a row, four games without a single goal. Mm. At least they got a point. Against Augsburg. Zach right. Efron's uh, twin, of course, Kevin Volland. I'm sorry? Zach Efron, mm -hmm. the yeah. twin of Kevin Volland. Are they that they similar? Are. Mother from another brother. Yeah, okay. Completely. No. Unreal. <laughs> brother from another mother. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> mother from another brother. Nice. Okay, <laughs> it's going well so far. <laughs> Good. James, moment of the weekend. <laughs> Probably the, the 15 year old who made his debut. Yeah. Oh, it's yes. lovely. Uh, for AC Milan, uh, Francesco Camada. Should be at school. He is. He is. He is. Yeah. He's at, uh, he's at the Liceo. A Liceo Sportivo or something, mm -hmm. no? Um, so, yeah. His numbers are insane. You were posting his numbers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, some of these numbers come from playing five, eight aside, yeah. stuff like that. Right. Uh, where, you know, I mean, we've all played with Jules, where Jules will score six or seven in a single yeah. five right. aside game. But, yeah, I mean, his numbers are <laughs> 483 goals in 87 games. Sounds good. So, five, a goal per game average of 5.5. I'm sorry, but no one <laughs> counts <laughs> goals for five aside Which games. makes me wonder no, how many Come 11 on. aside Come games on. has this guy played? Because Lamin Yamal, when he played first for Barcelona, oh, had played less than a 111 11 aside games. Maybe this guy has played less as well. It, perhaps. Very yeah. possibly. But, but uh, anyway, how is he in the big game against the Fiorentina? I mean, he, he hardly touched the ball. Yeah. Didn't have a single shot. No goals? Uh, <laughs> no, no goals. I felt bad for him because he was in no position to uh, maintain this remarkable average because right. Milan were camped inside their own penalty area. They were outshot 18 to 1 in the second half of that game. You know, it, it felt like, you know, Stefano Pioli was giving the kid a debut because, you know, ultimately, you know, someone tried to substitute him, which was, you know, Paolo Maldini, the guy who used to have the uh, club record as the youngest ever player. Uh, you know, Maldini, who reported he wanted to replace Stefano Pioli with Andrea Pirlo mm. in the summer. So, um, look, kid has apparently got a lot of talent, although he is a kid. But there was a massive injury crisis at Milan in terms of uh, Leao was out. Uh, Okafor was out, uh, Giroud was suspended, Colombo, Lawrence Dove 
on loan at Monza. Mm. So they... Convenient. Yeah. Mm. There you go. All right. That's a bit of a worrying thought. Ahead of what is a key midweek game coming up for Milan. Well, the OG will be back, Giroud, In the Champions League. Let's get on to some of the midweek highlights in the penultimate round of group stage matches next. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Champions League, everybody. It's Manchester 5. Six teams are already through to the last 16. Nine more can qualify over the next two nights this week. Remarkably, 31 of the 32 clubs that are in action have something to play for. Hmm. The only one that doesn't is our friends, well, are our friends Bayern, of course. Already qualified in top spot. But Group F, everything's to play for there. You've got PSG hosting Newcastle and Milan taking on Dortmund. PSG Newcastle, how important is it to get a tackle in early? In this yeah. Week? I mean, as we know, Alvaro, isn't Fun- it? Fundamentals. Yeah, that's I where... Mean, that's I, can how you win I cannot wait. Usually, if you do that, you win again. That's what, this, yes, that's what they want in Paris. <laughs> that's that, what kind of, that kind of... Who, who on the PSG team can put that kind Lucas of attack Lucas Hernandez. Yeah. Ugarte, yeah. who obviously had a bit of mm. beef with uh, <laughs> Messi during the international break. Um, who else? That's, that's all, really. The others mm. are... Lovers, not fast. Nice, Softies. Yeah. Luis Enrique didn't really put that kind of team out last time and was rewarded with that heavy, heavy 4-1 defeat at St. James's Park. Yeah. That's the only game in the Champions League that Newcastle have actually scored a goal in in this group stage. However, That's they right. did get four. Uh, what's to stop that happening again, Jules? It's a question. I do think that PSG at the Parc des Princes, uh, as we saw against Milan, for example, already it's not the same proposition. Like a lot of other teams, it's not just them. Uh, we saw that on Friday against Monaco where they were really outstanding with the ball and the support of the fans, etc. Everything. They look even more aggressive. They certainly have their game in place a little bit more. I do think that they're underestimated Newcastle away. The fans, the atmosphere at St. James's Park, the system and the tactic that Luis Enrique tried in that game, the 4-4, was suicidal. And we haven't really seen it since. Not exactly the same. So I don't think he will make the, the same mistake but if PSG don't put the tackles in, <laughs> uh, they will have to be, I think I, I just expect Newcastle to be very aggressive right. uh, again, and which, which is a lot of what their game is about. And if PSG don't respond well with that, they might have trouble. But I expect PSG to have a lot of the ball and they were really on good form on Friday. OK, a 5-2 win over Monaco. Closer though than the yeah, scoreline yeah, suggests? It's a bit harsh because Monaco played well, Balogun was great, Golovin was great, Adi Hutter doing a great job, but PSG were outstanding, especially in the second half, or certainly by patches, in patches. And Ousmane Dembele scored his first goal for the mm. club, which nice is a lovely, lovely goal as well, the first touch in the, the finish. Gonzalo Ramos, who's the club has made his transfer permanent, also looked better. Mbappé did Mbappé things, uh, which was not much on what Friday. What persuaded PSG to make the Gonzalo Ramos deal permanent at this chunk? Uh, <laughs> It seems like uh, there's a few people at the club who don't know either why <laughs> now, because they could easily have waited uh, a bit longer. Mm. So I don't know. Good. I don't know why. His form has oh. been scintillating. Well, yeah, it's true. No, the commission goes before Christmas, maybe, for somebody. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. a bit. Do you have a theory, James? <laughs> I'm just maybe it was written in the contract. I don't know. I mean, it's curious, isn't it? So. Like uh, it is. on the basis of two goals, as Jules says, and one assist. You yeah. think I'm going to take this option to sign him for how much? Sixty-eight, oh. I think. Drop in the ocean. Yeah. 
you know. But then look at him; he was transformed. He had that confidence, right? So maybe that was the uh, that was the idea behind the whole thing. But but yeah, yeah, it was much better collectively. They will always concede chances, and they did against Monaco, and Monaco could have scored more. And Donnarumma made some good saves. He made a mistake, of course, on the first goal, but it's easily forgiven when he made those those key saves. So Newcastle will score and will have chances to score. There's no doubt. But if it felt on Friday that PSG were always going to outscore Monaco, for example. Okay. Newcastle warming up with a 4-1 victory themselves really on one. Saturday against uh, Chelsea. Who here has PSG beating Newcastle? Who here has Newcastle getting something? Because they need to. They're bottom of the table. I haven't made my predictions yet. Have you not, Rafa? But I think, Should we come I think to you PSG and... will win. Okay. Alvaro? No, I really think so. And uh, Mbappé will be a difference maker, most probably. And Newcastle has many players missing. Many, many, many. Even though the lineup is going to be strong enough, I think. But still, I think that if Luis Enrique doesn't uh, repeat that 4 to 4 formation, PSG should win it. James? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you see of Sears. <laughs> Currently <laughs> in the Newcastle position in our predictions league. Yeah, yes. but I'm more a visualization predictor. Aren't okay. I? Are you? Yeah. What, what do you visualize? Think of the goals exactly? that I have predicted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You manifesting. Manifesting. What are you saying? What does that mean? <laughs> no, I'm not going to go that deep, but I uh, I think PSG will win this game. All right. Newcastle, as I mentioned, in fourth place in the group on four points, and Milan a point ahead on five, with PSG on six and Dortmund on seven. Dortmund, who will be travelling to San Siro to face Milan on Tuesday. Now, both teams were victorious this weekend. Milan, as we've heard, with that 1-0 win over Fiorentina. Dortmund Raffer in rather more spectacular fashion at home to Munchen Gladbach. Yeah, they were 2-0 down within 28 minutes. Uh, Manu Kone and uh, Rocco Reitz, a really interesting young player coming through. Um, born in, I'm not sure born in bred, but certainly from the academy, mm. from Gladbach. Um, also a youth international. But then Dortmund started playing a little bit. And started scoring some very beautiful goals, especially the one from Fulkrug to equalise after Sabitzer pulled one back. So 2-0 down against Mönchengladbach yeah. after what, a third of the game or so. It did have the feel that this was about to go very, very wrong, a bit like when Bayern came to town. Who turned it around for, for Dortmund? Who, who was the one who showed character um, for this team? It, it's hard to say because the goals were quite individualistic. Roy snaps into a tackle and, and sets things up for the, the first... I mean, a tackle is always very important, yeah. winning those tackles. Yeah, yeah. it's a catalyst. Uh, Especially early. No, he wins Turning the point. ball and he it launches, really I think, yeah. Dortmund upfield. Um, because that's, always, that's the, the thing that's usually levied against Dortmund. They don't have character, but in this one, they... I mean, I think we're still none the wiser about this uh, Dortmund team because mm. there was a lot of talk during the week saying you have to really get it together, start well, you know, don't coast in games, don't take your eye off the ball. And then they start so badly. But because they have real talent up front and the talent came to the fore with some very beautiful individual goals, it was it was enough uh, to beat this uh, Dortmund team. Also, Jamie Bynou-Gittens, who's been threatening to do something big now for quite a while and has been hampered um, in his progress by a couple of shoulder injuries... Um, he's got a really good goal, and they've got high hopes for him being the next big, uh, the next big next thing. And in the end, four-two win, but it poses just as many questions as as it answers this Dortmund team and this performance. Rafa, very quickly, uh, what happened with Florian Neuhaus? Because four or five years ago, he looked like a, the next German good player, and uh, he didn't quite get to those levels. 
Nobody really knows. Um, I was asking the very, very same question uh, somebody uh -huh. this morning, and we, we don't have an answer. Uh, to a certain extent, it's a similar story with Julian Weigel, who, remember, had this couple of amazing seasons under Thomas Tuchel, and then never really kicked on. And now he's playing for Gladbach in the role of Florian Neuhaus, who can't get into the team. <laughs> But Weigel has become a decent Bundesliga player rather than this amazing sort of Busquets figure that he threatened to be when he came through in this in this deep deep position, like a deep playmaker. He was so good, um, especially in that first Tuchel season. But I don't know. I can't, I can't give you an answer. It's a bit of a mystery. Rafa, those questions that were raised about Dortmund by this game, do you see Milan exploiting them at all? This Milan team that cannot score, James. I mean, Dortmund have been, apart from the PSG game, have been pretty decent, uh, if not very good in the in the Champions League. The best two performances of the season probably have come against Newcastle. I think the result will do enough to give them confidence going into that game. Defensively, yeah, they can have good games or they can have really bad games. There's no happy medium with them. They're either on or they're kind of off. I'm hoping that they'll be on because a win, of course, takes them through. They have sort of a match ball. Um, any win from the next two games takes them through. If they do it tomorrow, then that's it. Bingo. Giroud back for Milan. Loftus-Cheek is fit, which uh, Italian papers are very excited about. Or you're not sure about that? Well, he played... I mean, he's fit in that he played 20, 30 Came minutes, on, so yeah. he's not injured. But right. whether he's got the match with him to, okay. to be the player that he was against Paris Saint-Germain when he was magnificent Incredible. Uh, yeah. remains to be seen. Uh, they'll be without Leao, uh, which is a big blow. I think whenever anyone complains about Leao, they should throw them the footage of their game against Fiorentina at the weekend and say, OK, do you really think Milan are better without him? Because mm. um, they lack a lot of uh, initiative and drive um, without him. And I suppose it'll be a big game for someone like Christian Pulisic, again playing against Dortmund as he did uh, the first time around. Pulisic, who was nursing an injury going into the international break. He's uh, playing on his favoured side at the moment, on the left, because Leao is out injured. But Milan were very poor uh, at the weekend, lucky to get uh, a point. Ultimately, the goal doesn't come from open play. It comes from uh, a penalty, and they were lucky not to concede an equaliser. At the end, that only... face saved by Magic Mike was incredible. Yeah, yeah extraordinary. <laughs> um In the Champions League this season, the two most underperforming teams in terms of XG mm -hmm. are the two Milanese sides. Inter actually worse than Milan. Milan only scored twice, but should have, according to XG, scored six. Yeah, yeah. especially yes. against Newcastle. Oh, yeah. I yeah. remember that one. And they won't have Kamada either on uh, Wednesday night, so that's five goals they won't be scoring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. All right, yeah, what do you so think, I mean, James? How confident are you? Um, I mean, they're playing at San Siro. Yeah, they played really well there against PSG. Is there anyone they can throw money at? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Maybe the Dortmund players would be, uh, the fans would be throwing If money you throw at real players. Euros at them, that might, be, that might work. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. Maybe Salvini will be in the stands, you know, wanting to go back to Lira as the denomination. I don't nice. Know. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think this group is, is, is fascinating. I mean, you, you'd, you'd want it to go right down to the final match day and that last game at St. James's Park. I suppose if PSG were to, um, to beat Newcastle and Milan win, then yeah, there's not, not really much in the way going on that, uh, mm. on that last game at St. James's Park. But, All right. Uh, well, we'll see you on Tuesday. Loads of other Champions League delights coming up. We'll talk about a few more next.
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Before you get back to this athletic podcast, did you know it's just one of many made by The Athletic every week? I'm Abby Patterson, senior producer here at The Athletic, and I get to work across so many of our shows. But even I have my favourites. Sometimes you're just too busy for a full-length podcast. I get it. We've all been there. Well, we've got a show to help you. Get up to speed with all the football stories you need to know about with our daily football briefing. It's done and dusted. Saudi Arabia will host the 2034 World Cup. Got a bug for the women's game? Then full-time Europe is for you. It's our dedicated women's football podcast answering the questions you're asking from the WSL and Champions League. So what's going wrong at Arsenal? But perhaps you want to know exactly how a team has set itself up. Then come to the audio whiteboard and join Michael Cox and our analytics gurus as they dissect and examine the game like nobody else can. That's on the Athletic Football Tactics podcast. I don't think I've ever seen a striker who reads the game so well. Just search The Athletic wherever you're listening to this podcast now and you'll find your next podcast obsession in no time at all. Now, let's get back to your show. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The Athletic is the only place you can read articles by Daniel Taylor, Amy Lawrence, Phil Hay, James Pierce, Ollie Kay, and the very best football writers around. Galatasaray Ready taking on Man United on Wednesday. Oh, it's an early one, that. Quarter to six. Man United will be out if they lose. Rafa, will they? You've studied in depth Galatasaray's form at home in the, <laughs> in the Champions League. Yeah. Which hasn't been great, to be honest, in all that welcome to hell business. Copenhagen went there and went 2-0 up. I suppose but it's not they hell still, anymore, They still won it? the game. Because it's not the well, they, they yeah. up, they drew, drew Oh, they did, yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. As I say, in depth. Yeah. In depth. <laughs> in depth. Yeah. They, Copenhagen had a man sent off and then Galatasaray came back and it was 2-2. That and wasn't then, my game that night. Was it not? No. I thought you were doing Who was doing that game? No, that was an early kickoff. You did see the game against Bayern when Bayern won 3-1 there. Yes. What, what do you think about Galatasaray? They won, of course, at Old Trafford. I'm sure we all saw that. In a I think Galatasaray are really match. good. Mm-hmm. I think they're, they're the second best team in this group. And I can see them win on Wednesday. Also, uh, I think that they are very good doing the pressure. And Actur Koglu, in fact, retrieved the ball for Galatasaray in the game against Manchester United that led to a penalty. Galatasaray is the team in the Champions League with most balls recovered as well. And Manchester United are missing players in the places where you can lose the ball and then it's dangerous because they are missing Mount, Casemiro and Christian Eriksen. So right. I think that that could set the tone in the game if Galatasaray presses the midfielders of Manchester United. Marcus Rashford will also be suspended for this game. United have been to Galatasaray on three occasions. They never scored a goal away to them. Is that true? I don't know. It says there on these notes. It's funny because mm. you, you talk about, you know, welcome to hell. Mm. And okay, they've moved stadiums since. Um, but also, do you remember the, that gr- one of the great Nike adverts was Eric Cantona in hell yeah. um, against right. the devil? Mm. Yeah. With not just Man United players, but, you know, legends of the 1990s. Yeah. Um, you would think they would. <laughs> Where are you going with be, this? What's the point? <laughs> 
I mean, I can't remember who Which, scores the goal in that advert. Is it Cantona? It is Cantona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 of course. Oh, that's my point. But only after What's a your superb point? tackle from Maldini. <laughs> What's your point? What else do you remember from that game? Maldini's sliding tackle. Yes. Yeah. Shocking refereeing performance. Yeah. It's not the best Nike advert. Which one are you going to say is the best? Ah, uh, the Brazilian airport one. The Brazilian airport one. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to say no. the cage. Hocus Pocus. No, I don't think the cage. cage. Is so good. The Hocus Pocus is the best one. Hocus Pocus. I like the square Colosseum. Anything about the Yoga Bonito? No, that, five. Yeah, that is the airport one. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yoga Bonito, that's the, the one with Portugal. Of six to eight adverts with different players. Oh, okay. Ibra being one of them, Ronaldo no, being no, another one. Yeah. What's, no, what's no. The, are you meaning the I one saw, that, that looks like uh, in the Square Coliseum? No, 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 no. Hocus Pocus by Focus is the one where it was the renowned Mexican director Alejandro González Iñarito. Iñarito. Oh, okay, the guy Iñarito. who did The Revenant. Yeah, yes. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. 21 and, grams. And well, the, the, the actual title fan. of no, the album like is 21 grams. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. Okay. Maybe I remember going on a date yeah, I liked to it 21 too. grams. No, the break, it, was, the it killed the atmosphere. Amores perros. You'll have to watch it. But my point is, listener, that this movie, which I've called Hocus Pocus, that was the track used by Focus, German band Focus. If I play the media, you know it instantly. Okay. But it, the, the, the advert was called Right the Future, and you're talking about six adverts. Yeah. It was all about, I think it was it not 2006. No, it was 2010. No. Yeah, it's the 2010. Dutch, the, not no, German. it's when the, it's when the it's kids... When it, it's pre the World Cup, and yeah. it's, they go through all the all the futures that can happen. You have that magnificent scene of Wayne Rooney of course, in a in caravan. Of ah, yes. ah, yes. And you've got Cannavaro <laughs> racing back yes. to make that clearance, and then, Che Cannavaro. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Okay. It's good. Can that, I just clarify that Focus oh, yeah. are Dutch? Are they German. Dutch? Yeah. Focus? Dutch. Yeah, nice. so Spanish or Mexican? <laughs> yeah, or Mexican. Dutch, Dutch or German. German. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Nike right or Adidas. So that's, anyway. um, yeah. anyway. that's Milan Dortmund. I Oops. saw oh. one I had forgotten about from Pepsi the other day where they're on, a, on a, an oh island, on a remote island. Yes. Thierry Henry, Raul, Ronaldinho, and they're playing uh, beach football, beach volley football, was it? Football. Football. Yes. Si. And some surfers arrive, right? And they said, this island's only for surfers. Okay. <laughs> so they kick the ball in the water, in the sea. Nice. And then Roberto Carlos, Raul, uh, and the others get their surfing boards uh-huh. and start doing keepy herpes on the surfing boards. Like, that's amazing. Based on a true story. Based <laughs> on a true <laughs> story, yeah. All right. That looks, sounds amazing. What's it called, Jewel? I don't know. I'll, I'll send it to you now. Oh, okay, Fine. great. Surf and turf. It's probably by yeah, a no. right. the Spanish, Spanish director anyway. with like a German soundtrack. You know, we did uh, Pribella. <laughs> ah. So, uh, what we haven't talked about is Barcelona. This Irish mm. band, the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Paul McCartney, Irish star. Of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, Barcelona. You weren't. You were dismissive of Gavi's impact on Spain as an entity. But no, I wasn't. On Barcelona, this is huge. The fact that he's out for the rest of the season, potentially the Euros as well. I am dismissive of the other uh, Avi, Xavi, in this case. Ah, right. Gavi, I've been boring again. I, I, really, really much. Uh, I completely forgot about the Gavi injury. You are right. right. It's a massive blow for Barcelona. Okay. Because he is the guy with definitely more intensity of the team. But they are playing against Porto. And after a 
terrible uh, run of results and especially terrible run of performances. This mm. is a must win for them. It is a must win. So Barcelona and Porto are level on nine points. Barcelona did win away in Porto, but it was a game they could easily have drawn or lost that. The thing is Shakhtar are three points behind them and Shakhtar are facing Royal Antwerp, who are basically like a points ATM. So you can easily imagine them picking up the win there. And that means that if Barcelona don't get the victory, it could be a very, very tense match day six. It can get complicated. The good thing for Barcelona is that the last game they are playing against in Royal Antwerp. And statistically, I think they are the, probably the, the worst defense of, okay. the, of the Champions They've got League. Antwerp last game, have they? Yeah. yeah. All right. So that helps a lot. Yeah. Um, that said... But if Porto win this... And then Shakhtar beat Porto. Hmm. I think I'm right in saying. But anyway, we'll see. Barcelona have to win this. No, uh, have they won many games lately? Uh, no, Two no, of their last five? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And especially the performances. I repeat again, because uh, sometimes the performances, uh, poor performances give you a win, but they also give you a hint about bad, how bad you, you are and how unprepared you are for the next game. And uh, we were speaking about this three weeks ago, four weeks ago. So it's not that we didn't see this coming. And for Barcelona right now, it's quite important that you bring up the the subject of the the ranking and finishing first or second because if they finish second, the only scenario you can envisage for them is being thrust in the Champions League wow. last 16. Thrashed. Completely. Mm-hmm. Completely. Because I think that Manchester City, they are going to finish first. Uh, Bayern or uh, whoever finished first in other groups, they are far better than Barcelona right now. Right. Then in February, maybe Barcelona is a, is a different side and with uh, Frankie de Jong getting better, more fit, and uh, some other players, Lewandowski hitting the goals that he's not scoring right now, maybe Barcelona is competitive again. Mm. But as it stands, the only scenario I can see for Barcelona is if they finish second, suffering a lot in the February game. Yikes. But it's an interesting point because the Spanish, other Spanish teams are doing well. So their possible opponents, if they finish... Second, um, it's quite a small group because yeah, okay. Bayern, Madrid, and Atletico are going to finish yeah. right. PSG, Bayern, Bayern, Arsenal, Arsenal, City, yeah, Dortmund, Man City. Oh. Still, some also, I mean, this is obviously just talking about the future and trying to to speak about something that hasn't happened. They have to beat Porto, that's mm. for sure. Without Gabi, it's going to be more difficult. And, what about uh, with Xavi? With Xavi, it's going to be even more difficult as it stands. But on the other hand, let's see if uh, they can bring uh, their most competitive version. I mean, they have done it sometimes. I think that the midfield with Pedri, Frenkie and Gundogan can mix up well. It's quite promising, but still they haven't played enough football together. But Porto is not uh, the most dangerous team in Europe either. At the same time, Barcelona beat them there. It's true that Ferran Torres' goal gave Barcelona a win that maybe they didn't deserve. But, you know, I think that the situation is still in Barcelona's hand, as, as I said before. Playing the last game against Antwerp is a little bit of a guarantee. Okay. It's, a uh, win, it's a massive win because they play Atletico Madrid on uh, Sunday. And then the Girona. League. But what, what's going on with Lewandowski? Because, you know, we talk about Kane scoring 300 goals in 12 games for Bayern or whatever. He's scored two in his last eight, Lewandowski, for Barcelona. Like, what's... Has he gone back to eating his meals in the right order rather than eating dessert first, then the main then the starter like what's going on yeah. i remember that he quitted on sweets for a while as well because his wife she not like a uh, a wellness a fitness, wellness fitness yeah. instructor or whatever i think that with robert Lewandowski, robert Lewandowski number one is a victim of the team's game okay. i think that he doesn't ha- get enough uh, crosses so. enough supply he plays with many different footballers la minha mal and ferran one day joe felix and rafinha another day so he hasn't created that uh, synergies with the footballers he's got around 
Also, the midfielders of Barcelona, the most creative ones, Pedri and Gundogan, one of them, Pedri, has been unavailable. The other one, Gundogan, he's been doing probably more things that he should, but not, he hasn't been focusing on his passing. He's been focusing more on helping the midfield, helping Oriol Romeo, who has had a difficult start at Barcelona. So you put that all together, plus the age of Robert Lewandowski, plus the fact that if Lewandowski doesn't score at this stage of his career, he doesn't leave any flashy memory. And the sensation is that Robert Lewandowski right now is not playing very well. He's not scoring, that's factual. And since the World Cup mm, 2022, Lewandowski's numbers have dropped a lot. Ah, in comparison, to the, in comparison to the first third of the of last season. But I think that Lewandowski, as soon as Barcelona starts clicking, mm. and as soon as Barcelona creates the chances, he's going to score. Because he has done, a, done that all his life. Do you think they would click better with somebody else that, who's more compatible in, in his place? Look, they are very likely to bring a new striker in January. Uh -huh. uh, his name is Vitor Roque. He was signed... Um, about uh, six months ago. He's a Brazilian promising player, but he is not probably pr as promising as Enrique, the other player who has played for Brazil already. He belongs to Real Madrid. But uh, in Gabi's absence, uh, Barcelona has the chance now to bring Vitor Roque. He's a natural number nine. Mm. And I think that if Lewandowski keeps on having this strike, probably Vitor Roque, when he arrives, he will have the chances too. Okay. Well, as you mentioned, uh, Atletico flying in their group and Real Madrid are too. They're already qualified. They're taking on Napoli. Another big game that we should mention before we put a pin in this Champions League stuff. Because Napoli, with a win, will also be qualified. Otherwise, they'll have a tense match day six when they host Braga. Napoli, they being their new manager this weekend, James. How'd it go? It went well. Uh, Valter Mazzari, um, yeah, back in charge after 10 years. And uh, I must say, he came across as uh, very uh, simpatico. I agree. I thought. Okay. Um, because, you know, he got some quite nasty questions, I would say, in his first press conference. Um, you know, coaches in Italy, when they are sort of at the end of their careers, they're sort of talked about as being uh, bolito, cooked, finished, boiled. And he was like, ah, if it's cooked well, I like it. Um, nice. So uh, there you go. And then... You he want to talk about restaurants again? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, and I think... He's done exactly the right thing. He's come in, he's talked up the players, like Victor Ozyman. He's saying, wow, uh, what a fantastic guy. Always smiling. He's talked about, you know, watching all of Spalletti's games when he was in charge of Napoli. And, you know, Mattadi, as we've mentioned on the pod before, for all his career has played one way, which is three at the back. And he's like, no, this team actually really wants to play four through three. So let's do it. And they had a first game in Bergamo against Atalanta. Not an easy game. <laughs> Not an easy place to go. And yeah, okay, they, they were a bit timid and they got dominated in the second half. But they won. The first half was really good, I thought. They won, yeah. 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 with the header. Yeah. And then Elmas with the with the winning Yeah, goal. the two subs coming on. So Ozzyman came on and was and, set and up by Elmas. And the assist for, uh, was from Ozzyman for the, for the winning goal. Yeah, it was, was it was a I would say it was more of an assist from the goalkeeper, yeah. Marco Kaniseki, who gives it away in the first right. place. okay. okay. Um, but, um, but yeah, so positive. And again, he was like... Asked about Madrid coming up. He gets up. a hug from Kvaraskelia, which when you think about how Napoli Frosty. players were with uh, yeah. the previous guy, the yeah, French guy. the French guy. Yeah. Indeed. So, you know, it's kind of, it's, I mean, he, he said this is the best team I've ever coached. Mm. And imagine oh, getting that chance so again. the right things. Imagine getting that chance again where yeah. you've basically been told you're finished. You know, Bolito. Bolito. It was Bolito as Bolito. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was. Um, okay. 
Anyway, <laughs> Real Madrid are without Vinny Jr. That's not, yeah, but no Rodri laughing matter. No, no, it's not laughing matter. Yeah. But Rodrigo is playing in that position. Okay. And he scored two incredible goals um, in the weekend against Cadiz. So Rodrigo, we know that he doesn't want to be a number nine. He doesn't want to play on the right. He would prefer to play behind the striker. Mm -hmm. But we didn't know that he could be so good on the left, okay. which is Vinicius' position, basically. Mm -hmm. Vinicius is out until 2024. And um, Rodrigo scored two beautiful goals, really. One, the second of them was uh, a Messi-like goal. And the first one, it was a little bit of an Arjen Robben goal mm -hmm. with perhaps more change of directions than Robben. It was incredible, really. The goals of this guy can be very amazing. And... I and think that up, and he set up Bellingham for the third. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no, his numbers uh, in that game against Cadiz were very good, and one of his goals is the kind of goal that uh, Napoli should have a close look at because he left behind like four players. So, good win for Real Madrid and a fantastic week for Rodrigo. I mean, especially Ancelotti was celebrating a lot the goals of Rodrigo. He has had like a, sometimes a, a little bit of a turbulent relationship with Rodrigo, shouting at him when Rodrigo didn't like to be sub and things like this. But overall, I think that they they really like each other. Okay. They are through, though, so yeah. will they have the same intensity as Napoli? I don't know. Here's a stat. Real have won, of their last 16 Champions League games against Italian sides, they've won 15 of them. The only one that they didn't win was... Against uh, against Juventus in a semi-final? Yeah, it was the rubbish bin for a heart game. Yes. In Italian? Vuol dire che al posto del cuore hai un patumiere, un bidone dell'immondizia. Wow, that's harsh. Yeah, that is harsh. Well, there you go. Mm. Exciting games, all coming up midweek. Yeah, and there are others as well, and you can find them all on the Goal Show. Yeah, or if you can find it, it's behind that red button and on Discovery Plus, the excellent digital yeah. streaming platform. Yes. Yeah. Uh, next up, let's talk about other things. Involving some league football. Hello, listeners. This is Matt Davis Adams, host of Straight Out of Cobham, your dedicated Chelsea podcast from The Athletic. Myself and the motley crew of Liam Toomey, Simon Johnson, Dom Fifield, and Luke Bosher are with you twice a week, every week this season, as we bring you all the news and views you could ever possibly want from in and around the club. Listen for free wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We're sponsored for this episode of The Totally Football Show by Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform helping you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, which is up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. Plus, you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. And what's more, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 support is there to help your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Now, because you listen to The Totally Football Show, you can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash totally, all in lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash totally to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's s-h-o-p-i-f-y dot com slash totally. You're 
You're listening to the Totally Football Show with James Richardson, the Football Content Awards International Podcast of the Year. All right, who's up for a bit of Derby Italia chat? Ah, sure. yes. Yes. Well, it's better what than I expected. What do you think? I didn't think it was very good. Did no, that first half was great. The second, half, right. the second half was like I thought the whole game would be. So I was glad that at least the first half, James, I don't know what you thought, but mm. that the first half has intensity. I love the Vlaovic goal, that long one too. I loved even more the Lautaro goal for ah, the team move. Yeah. What a goal. Great, great move. But then the second, I expected a better second half and yeah. then it went down to, okay, let's not lose the game. Let's not lose the game. That's I fun. think the yeah. interesting thing is, is that when Juventus went 1-0 up, the expectation was they would say, Inter, you have the ball. We're just going to defend our own penalty area. Because if you go back before the international break, when Juventus played Fiorentina, they took the lead after two minutes and then basically said, right, we're going to defend for the entire game. And instead, as Jules was saying about the first half, what was surprising was how aggressive Juventus were in their press. And when they went 1-0 up, they kept pressing and then they got done by an outstanding goal. I mean, all down the right-hand side, uh, Dumfries, Barella, Turam, uh, the speed of the pass from Turam, but then the the movement from Lautaro, who, as I keep saying, is the best striker in Serie A by an absolute mile. Just brilliant. Um, but, yeah, second half was disappointing. They're going to be at Napoli next Sunday night, another big game. For well, Inter. Inter have got three very big away games. Um, so, obviously, the first one was this Derby d'Italia. They then go to Lisbon to play against Benfica. Um, people will say, okay, Benfica, whatever, mm. um, at this moment in time. And then they go to Naples to, to play this uh, resurgent Napoli. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why Simone Inzaghi has been talking a lot in the last few days about... Uh, how Juventus have an advantage in that Juventus are not in Europe. Mm. And um, and okay, maybe you don't see it in a game like the Debit Italia where everyone's coming back from the international break in various Man to play it late on a Sunday. <laughs> um, and of course, there, were no, there was no hot water at the Allianz Stadium as well. So all the players could not have a shower. Um, and you know, God knows what that will do. To the play, well, yeah, the, the interplays in That's Europe, ice, bar, recovery. Recovery. ice baths. No. Well, actually, yeah. Nice though that uh, nice though that Lautaro Martinez goal was. It wasn't as good, I would say, as the second Roma goal in their three-one win over Udinese. Dybala. No, the third yeah. one. Was it the third? No, it was that the third one's nice with El Sharawi. But the one-two passing. It's oh, nice. I, it I prefer nice. the intercom. Do you? Okay. Yeah, I do. But yeah. I mean, I, and I, I, you know how much I love uh, Dybala. Mm. And also Asmoon. Asmoon, every yeah. time he plays for Roma. It's, come on, Jose. Okay. Stick Roma, with that 3-1 win, moving up to fifth. They're now three points off the Champions League. Napoli a fourth. You've got uh, Inter on top and then... Juve and Milan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you could say, I mean, Debit Italia, bad game, but actually good for the title race mm. because, in some respects, like, uh, okay, Milan and Napoli are still a little bit in the distance, but they've made up ground on uh, on Inter and Juventus. So, you know, only goes to underline how Serie A is the most volatile of the uh, top five leagues in Europe when it comes to title races. If it's volatility you're after, you can't <laughs> say further than Maurizio Sarri of Lazio. Banco oh, yes. Celeste are currently lying all the way down in 11th place. They got yeah. beaten this weekend by Pippo Inzaghi, Salernitana. Pippo getting his first victory of the season. I'm Salernitana a li- getting their first victory of the season as well. Yeah, also, yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 So, um, there was an interesting interview with Maurizio Sarri last week prior to this game. <laughs> 
where he said, I made a big mistake coming back to Italy. Yeah. And then his team loses against Salernitana. Hmm. And then he gives another interview where he says, if I was the president, Claudio Lotito, I would do something <laughs> drastic. Yeah. Is, he, is he very, very keen on leaving Lazio? Well, no. I mean, remember before the last set of Champions League games, there were these reports that he was thinking about resigning or he was going to leave at the end of the season. And he hmm. came out saying, no, I want to stay at Lazio until the end of my career. Maybe this is the end of his career. <laughs> we don't know. I mean, subsequently, I think what he's trying to do is to get a reaction out of the players. Mm. And he does not want to do what they do in Italy, which is called a ritiro, which is a kind of uh, punitive training camp. Because I think Sarri likes to, I don't know, watch the Davis Cup. He yeah. likes to go out on his bike. He likes to read Bukowski novels. Yeah, and he, he doesn't smokes. want to be sort of stuck in a hotel with a 23, you know, egotistical football players uh, all the time. Um, so he thinks, right, maybe if I can like make a threat like this, it will spur this these players into life. Right. Didn't and work, they'll start before it <laughs> didn't work and it hasn't worked right. so far. But they've got a game coming up midweek, of course. Uh, they're taking on Celtic at the Stadio Olimpico. <clears throat> Uh, Celtic are out of the mix in terms of qualifying but Atletico, Lazio and Feyenoord are all separated by just two points uh, Scots can still make uh, the Europa League mm -hmm. could they spring a surprise in Rome? would it even be a surprise given Lazio's wobbly form? well they played really well Celtic uh, for what 70 minutes um, in the reverse fixture and then, and then lost the game in stoppage time uh, to Pedro And Celtic keep making mistakes. In fact, that's what happened against Motherwell at the weekend uh, as well when they drew 1-1. So uh, I'm not confident, uh, particularly given Celtic's away record as well in the Champions League. So. Very good. Anything else from Serie A, James, before we move on to the Bundesliga? Mm, I mean, there's the kid, Matthias Soule, from okay. Frosinone, who, you know, we've, okay, we've spoken about Kamada being this, uh, the youngest ever player to appear in Serie A, but Soule has probably been the revelation um, this season. He scored six goals. Frosinone unbeaten at home since the opening day of the season. Got some really interesting young guys, um, like someone called Ibrahimovic, who's not related to Ibrahimovic. But, um, but yeah, and they've got yeah, the, the Brazilian kid from Real Madrid, Rainier, yeah, who was at Dortmund. Yeah. Um, oh, it's terrible still not terrible catching, Dortmund, not catching all but, yeah. Uh, but yeah I mean they've got this really young team Frosinone so that's that's it's the easier, last it's an easier league to play in ah, okay. says the yeah, guy who could yeah. not come up with a moment of the weekend yeah. in the <laughs> Bundesliga there are so many <laughs> good <laughs> who, who, who who's, Germany who's best goal scorer who's Germany are only only part of the Euros because they're hosting it they yeah. don't have to qualify that, so, that, that much is true Frosinone have got Milan away next weekend are you back Well, they'll have to put up with Kamado, won't they? Yeah, they so, will, maybe. Yeah. All right, next up then, Raf, Bundesliga. We're all driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. According to their own survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Remember the last time you were hiring and how slow and overwhelming it was? Well, you don't need to go through all that again. 
Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent. And because you listen to the Totally Football Show, Indeed is going to give you a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Totally. That's I-N-D-E-E-D.com slash Totally. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed at Indeed.com. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Bundesliga top four all one. Dortmund we heard about earlier. Stuttgart had a two one win at Frankfurt. Uh, Bayern one nil winners at Köln. Guess who scored the goal? Yeah, and Bayer Leverkusen notched up an yes. eighth consecutive. Even Bundesliga for them, you could win. say guess who scored the goals because those two wing backs. Incredible, that's just incredible again. Subject of an article in the Athletic. Oh really? Where can I pick up <laughs> yeah. the Athletic? Um, you can pick it up very cheaply, James. <laughs> yeah, you can at the moment. You can at the moment. One pound a month for the next twelve wow, months. That's a great deal. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. <laughs> How are they paying any of you with those kind of prices? I don't. Well, know. thanks to your wage cut, James. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, but program. Leverkusen eight straight victories. Has anyone ever done that before? No, it, for Leverkusen, no, no. Um, also, no one's ever had as many points as they have after f- twelve uh, match days. Thirty. Are you saying that Bayern, for example, have not never had this Bayern. good a start no. to the season? So even Pep's Bayern. No, not even Pep's Bayern. Uh, they've also even scored. Ancelotti's Bayern. <laughs> Even Ancelotti's Bayern. <laughs> you're pine because he's Bayern. They've Nico also Kovac. scored um, <laughs> at least twice in every single game. Yeah. Which also no one's done before. So, yeah. Still unbeaten. Flying. Super impressive. Super impressive team. And it was Xabi Alonso's birthday on Saturday. And the, the fans serenaded him. What did they like, sing? Happy birthday. Okay, that makes in sense. In German or Spanish or? In English. Oh. <laughs> How do you sing it in German, Raf? Um, zum Geburtstag viel Glück, zum Geburtstag viel Glück, zum Geburtstag, zum Geburtstag, da da di bam bim bum. That's for you, listener, if it's your birthday today. In Greece, they don't yeah. sing, they don't use that melody for Happy Birthday. They have a totally different one. Yeah. The, the what do they do, Havra? It's a Greek chorus. Oh, I like it. It goes like this. It's a totally Keep different going. Song. Wow. Yeah. 12 points, 12 points at Eurovision. Duisbon. <laughs> Is that the Stevie Wonder? Is it that one? No. Oh, my God. He's getting even worse. <laughs> wow, it's that's interesting. All right. Well, that's for you, listener, if you're yeah. in Greece and it's yeah. your birthday. Go sure. Anyway. Um, oh, Alex Grimaldo with another another girl. Another it's nice... Bit of a screamer, yeah. really. And Frimpong with the oh, other yeah. one. Uh, the dynamic uh, wingback duo. If only Germany had wingbacks like that. <laughs> that'd be amazing. But, yeah, Harry Kane. Should we talk about him? Yeah, he got a goal. Against Köln. Yeah, his 18th. The easiest I mean, of his career, so it's Very easy. One of his easiest, yeah. Not as easy as the goal that Daniel Marlin scored against uh, Mönchengladbach. <laughs> yeah, walked, that was brilliant. So this was the game we talked about in. before. Four t- well, 3-2 they're up, having come back from 2-0 down. So it's the 80, no, 95th minute, and Gladbach have a corner, is it? So they bring mm. the keeper up, and you know something special is going to happen. Abgewehrt und jetzt geht's aufs leere Tor. Jetzt aufs leere Tor. Daniel Mahlen über der Mittellinie. Daniel Mahlen tief in der Hälfte von Borussia Mönchengladbach. Daniel Mahlen am Elfmeterpunkt. Daniel Mahlen drin! Tomasz Rosicki reloaded! At least they wanted to score. 
Who? Uh, Dorman. The goalkeeper or whoever. Oh, I see, right. Because yeah. I don't know if you have seen Joselu this week. No. He didn't want to score a chance. And he thought he was offside. And he just let the goal pass next to him. And he didn't tap it in. And he was clearly not offside. Yeah, no goalkeeper, nothing. Nothing. He just let it, you know. He they need a new centre forward. They really do. Anyway, Harry Kane, though, he Harry scored Kane. his goal. Yeah. But the game was actually more noticeable for the fact that Thomas Tuchel didn't make a single substitution. Mm, like Pep. And this yeah. came on the back of him being very unhappy with Bayern having to play Friday night after mm. the international break. And the players are tired. And yet he didn't make a substitution. Afterwards he was asked and he said, I didn't feel it. Didn't feel it. Um, he was looking for ways to get Tell, Matisse Tell or Thomas Moore on the pitch, but somehow felt, oh, this team is doing well. I'm not doing it. I think we'll see a much changed Bayern side against uh, Copenhagen on uh, on Wednesday as a result. As you mentioned, Harry Kane with the goal arriving at 18 now in his first 12 match days. That means that he's already the highest scoring Englishman ever in a Bundesliga season and we're only a third in. Yeah, it's crazy. And also not even Gerd Müller, God bless his soul, managed to score as many goals so quickly. Hmm. Very good. Union Berlin. Bind Urs Fischer. Who's that new dude that they've appointed as a manager? Nenad like, Bielica. He's yeah. coaching Italy, no? Uh, in oh, is he coming? Oh, yeah. so in Turkey. Turkey. He's yeah, already coming instead of Marco Gruta. Not yet. He'll come in this week. Okay. Yeah. So Gruta was in charge. Is it Gruta? Gruta. Gruta was in charge uh, along with Marie-Louise Etta, Etta. to everyone's excitement uh, for the one more draw with Augsburg. Rafa, anything else before we get on to important things in France? Um, I think we should mention that um, Dennis Undaf scored two goals ah, yes. um, for Stuttgart in a really impressive win. Stuttgart keep doing some amazing stuff, not just the results, but the way they play. Third in the league after finishing in a relegation playoff, mm. should be said again. And this is without Gerasi being ready to start. He only came on again. But Dennis Undaf on loan from Brighton uh, seven goals now, and at least as far as the media is concerned, in contention maybe for a call up by Germany because Ooh. they need centre forwards, and he's doing very well at the moment. Ooh. So yeah, watch out, watch out for him when it comes to well March. That's a long time to well, go. Um, I'm sure, it'll roll around quickly. Yeah, nice maybe. to get a heads up on that. Leipzig lost. Yes, that was a big blow to their chances for the top four. I mean, of course, still. Plenty of games to play, but a, a real setback, especially after they'd lost. Um, I mean, they're only a point off the top. Four. Yeah, I know, but um, you think that you know Dortmund and Stuttgart doing so well, Bayern will be nailed on. Leverkusen don't drop off any points. They need to keep up with those teams above them. And Wolfsburg is sort of game that you, you'd expect to win, even though they were knocked out by Wolfsburg in the cup. And uh, it basically happened again. And Wolfsburg very solid, hard to break down, not very pretty, and Leipzig just a little bit off. When it came to their attacking um, fluidity, it just wasn't there. Mm. Uh, they've been so good this season, but they looked like a team that suffered from the international break. That just rhythm wasn't wasn't quite there. Okay, Jules, let's talk France. Let's Next. go. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. France, everyone, congratulations to The Sweeper, the podcast and social media who posted the other day, it's never nice to lose, except for today in Ligue 1, because it was nice to lose the game. Nice, yeah. nicely done, it was, yeah. yeah. The Sweeper, uh, they, they deal with kind of Europe's more niche and forgotten leagues, so I don't know why they were talking about Ligue 1 this yeah, weekend. should not go uh, into these criteria, really. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> he finished one. Sorry. He finished a typical Fayoli's performance. Yeah, yeah best yeah. defense in the world. Another game where they don't go behind and they win again one 0 which is the favorite score. So well done to them. Eighth clean sheet in a row. Extraordinary. Yeah. Nice Bayern and Leverkusen, the only unbeaten sides in Europe's top five leagues. That's right. Yeah, that's wow. right. But Bayern and Bayern played each other, mm. faced each other. Uh, and Nice had one big oh, it certainly didn't lose against PSG didn't lose against Monaco so one big games right how many points are they behind PSG one one that's one right point. and now they benefited obviously from the defeat of Monaco in Paris to uh, to be second and with a bit of a gap between them and Monaco in third okay elsewhere this weekend in league uh, defeat again for Lyon yeah. after that victory before the international break they are five points now off safety, beaten 2-0 by Lille this weekend. I mean, everybody lost down there, so... But they were terrible, James. Really? And then more and more, uh, Fabio Grosso under massive pressure because he clearly can't find any solution. We mentioned before the international break, they win against Rennes, but they, Rennes had to play centre-off after five minutes. Uh, so it was really like, uh, in a way, a misleading win because... I really don't think that 11 against 11 they would have won that match. And Lille are a very good team and Paolo Fonseca is doing an amazing job. If you look at Jonathan David, for example, who was on the bench, he benched him because he was not in good form, came back, gave him the unbound and Jonathan David was great, scored a goal, could have had a, another one or two. And Lyon, on the other hand, was just terrible. And they, I know we've said that a lot, but now they really have to believe that they could go down. That even with all the players that they have, the Lacazette and Tolisso, Lopez, etc., etc., they're just so bad as a team collectively that unless something drastic changes, they're going to go down. Wow. Jonathan David, there's always talk in the Italian papers about him moving to City A. Yeah, to Milan. Yeah. I think if you have the OG as much as we love him, mm. Okafor is not really a proper number nine and Jovic is Jovic, then I think you go and, and look for someone like Jonathan David who will be cheaper than he would have been in the summer for obvious reasons. So, yeah, I think the, the goal drought that he had, that he kind of went through, he played a lot of games, he was tired. I think that's not really reflective of his talent. I think he's a wonderful goal scorer. Already okay. trying to block Kamada's pathway. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, I mean... We've had a... Just outside of Liga, we've, we've, been, we've talked a lot about Girona and their amazing performance and there's been a lot of knowing kind of references to their fairy tale and the city group and that. But another of the members of the city group and, and very much the other side of the, the, of the coin, Artois, yeah. who we last saw in Ligue 1. Last season. Last season. Yeah. And now kind of on the brink of heading down to the third Yeah, they just signed the managers. 
Yeah. The, the second manager, Paddy Kisnorbo, uh, after two wins in 15 this season. Uh, is it three wins of the 40 that he was in charge yeah, before? That's right. So he was one of the bones of contention, is that right? Because they brought him in from Melbourne FC. That's it. So yeah. uh, it's one of those like kind of guy from the synergy that they put a lot yeah. of faith in. So they move him to kind of better level each time to see if he can if he can go through not for him at three. So he picked the team up with them, I think, 13th in Ligue 1. They're now yes. 17th in Ligue 2. Because the players were not happy with Bruno Ierles, the former okay. manager. They mm. just didn't get on. So the players won the power struggle. And then out of nowhere, that guy who you know, nobody really knew of or about came in. And as, this must be one of the worst job ever. Really, three wins in 40, 40 or 40, 41? Yeah, no, 40. Yeah. yeah, surely one of the worst ever. Yeah, well, as you say, he's now been sacked. He's not the only issue, though. And it, a lot of people talk about how the City Group have ripped the heart out of a buoyant club because they're, as I say, heading towards the third division as it stands. Yeah. The fans have completely walked out on them. A yeah. recent game away to uh, Jazio, there were only two. That's it. Two Trois supporters. Uh, it's, in fairness, it's far from Trois to Ajaccio. Yeah, but you, you'd yeah. expect yeah. at least three, no? Yeah. <laughs> 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 they couldn't even make it three. And for example, Savinio, who's one of the revelations in La Liga, Wait, so, was Girona. Yeah. So this is the other thing. Their three record signings, the three players that they spent the most money on, yeah. none of them have ever played for Trois because Citigroup has basically sent them to other places, like Not Girona. just to other places, to better places, which is the thing. Right. So they've used Trois money... And then basically, well, no, because it's the city group's money. Trois never had that money. Okay. But, but it's it's more to the players' level. Right. Will go to the the city group member that suits his level the most. So Girona, for example, is a better team than Trois. Right. It would be a waste to have Savinho playing in the French second division. So, which is to the detriment of Trois, and I think Trois can feel really harshly done in a way. We see Strasbourg, who are owned by Chelsea, well, by, by Bluco. The fans not being happy because they see what's happening at Trois and saying, hang on, this right. could happen to us. Mm. So it's, diff it's difficult. Okay. It's the, really difficult. the fan group Magic Trois 1997 calling for a boycott of the club. Is it yeah. safe did, the, uh, did you see what happened at one of the uh, CFT's other clubs this week? Palermo. Oh, no, what happened? Um, talk about how a club that potentially might have its heart ripped out. Um, they built a temporary uh, new training ground for Palermo or hmm. part of the new training ground is temporary hmm. and the the gusts in Palermo were so strong that they carried they carried the training ground away I'm sorry what, what? <laughs> it's, it's really it's incredible that. you have to watch the video okay. <laughs> it's just unbelievable but uh, Palermo as well uh, only one win in six uh, they've dropped to fifth uh, which considering the backing that they've got is um, is not great. They the only team that they've beaten is is Massimo Cellino's Brescia uh, recently. You're saying it's a bit of a flimsy setup at uh, Palermo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean when you see this, uh, just put you know Centro Sportivo Gustos or Ventos or something. Not Gustos. Yeah. Centro <laughs> Sportivo. You doing this as well, listener? Keep yourself occupied while we bang on. Uh, anyway, uh, well, there you go. Yeah. yeah, that's troubling, isn't it? Mm. Mm. At Nice, is there any concern that with the with plans solidifying at Old Trafford for for the takeover there, whether Nice are going to have bits of them ripped out? Yeah, I mean, or a few whether people they can play in the Champions League. Mm. But yeah. I thought that UEFA had said it's not a problem. Not so much. Not so much. No, there could be a problem. I think the fear is like someone like Kefren Turam or Jean-Claire Todibo, who's already, both of them, to be fair, were on United shortlist in the summer. 
it'd be easy for Ratcliffe and Ineos to say, hang on a minute, a bit like what we see in the Red Bull group. Say like, hey, just come over, we make this happen easy, it's quick. So that's the fear. I don't know. I mean, these are doing well now, so at least that's one thing that you don't have to worry about. Like if they were in, in a bad position and Ineos could think, oh, no, I have had enough of Nice, let's sell and focus on United. At least Nice are doing well, so there's no reason for Ineos and Radcliffe now to give up on them completely and just focus on United. No, unless they want to strip them for parts for... Yeah, so that's what I mean. And then, and then the mm. Turans and Todibo, Mofi, all those kind of like really good players that they have. But yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It will. All right. Very good. Anything a couple else more from things. Liga? So we've said goodbye to Pep Genesio. Oh, oh left hand. Oh. Yeah, dreadful best form. Best Pep of all of the Peps. Be- best Pep. He was about to get sacked. And then when the club thought about it during the international break and said, actually, we give you a bit more time, he was like, you know what? <laughs> I've had enough of this. Right. I am Pep Genesio. I deserve better. So he, um, he sort off, really, and they he, replaced him. He, <laughs> <laughs> he <laughs> went off. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, <laughs> and they replaced him by the guy that he replaced himself. No. Julien Stéphane, right. five years oh. ago, okay. who is Guy Stéphane's son, the mm-hmm. uh, assistant of uh, Didier Deschamps for the national team and they won this weekend 3-1 against Will Steele and Nicolas ah. Steele and all the Steele family yeah 3-1 which was a good win for them so you see you say goodbye to Pep and there you go yeah. I'm just seeing uh, Palermo's Centro Sportivo saying goodbye to their Ruth yeah Extremely. the whole thing just uh, <laughs> it's uh, oh yeah I think I've seen it yeah I also wow. send you the Pepsi uh, surfing video if you which would is, if you well, would I, no I have sent Pepsi it Pepsi oh, Pepsi. <laughs> oh, my God. Alvaro, before we wrap it up, we heard about Barcelona. We heard about Real Madrid. Anything else we should know about La Liga? Well, there have been three really, ni- really nice goals uh, mm-hmm. that we have to talk about. One of them by Mason Greenbooth for Getafe, helping them uh, get a win at home. The other one by Antoine Griezmann. Uh, he must be 175, 176 maximum, but his heading ability is really, really, great, really good. Great header. Great header. Yeah. I, I thought you were talking about his goals tally for a second. He must be well, really also, close to being the all-time... Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's... Three left, no? Three? three? From Luis Aragonés. Yeah. 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 Uh, from Zapatones, Luis Aragonés. So um, he's uh, going to break that record sooner or later. Then Umar Sadik. I think that uh, this would have been my moment of the week if mm. Had Morales not scored three goals. Because Umar Sadik signed for Real Sociedad in August last year, broke his knee pretty much a week after he signed for them. And finally, he scored one of these goals that uh, give you some hope that he will be the player that he was for Almeria a couple of seasons ago. Mm. But uh, the most interesting Sadiq. thing from... Sorry, no. Big go. Sadiq Energy. Yeah, sorry. Right. Sadiq Khan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Anyway, for me... Yeah. One of the games of the of the week and one of the games of the season was Betis Las Palmas. And uh, you look at the scoreline, 1-0, whatever, Betis won at home. It looks like, yeah, uh, one more day in the office for Betis. No, it wasn't like that at all. Las Palmas is uh, playing football really well. They are missing goal scorers because they've got the budget they've got and therefore they cannot get the best strikers around. And Munir is their nominal number nine and we know that Munir al Haddadi is no way. Uh, proper number nine. It's, but like, it's it, like Real Madrid problems. That yeah. Las Palmas. Joselu, Jose Lu, yeah. Munir, you know, all these strikers that the poor, poor sides have to live with. And um, they played really well. They lost, however, but they've got a manager, Garcia Pimienta, who, when Kike Setien was about to be sacked, he was one of the candidates to be the Barcelona manager because he was in Barcelona B, and he's making Las Palmas play very well. But I would like to focus on Betis as well because... 
they are getting the results right. And uh, when they signed Pellegrini four seasons ago, one of the main targets uh, of Betis uh, directing board was to put them at the same level as Sevilla. And obviously, when Sevilla wins the Europa League, they make you look like a fool in the city. Mm. But if you check uh, Pellegrini's numbers since he took charge of Betis and Sevilla's numbers since 2019, uh, Betis uh, has got already more points than Sevilla in four seasons. Right. Uh, under very big financial constraints, because let's don't forget that uh, last summer they had to get rid of Canales. Then they wanted to sign Ceballos and they couldn't because they couldn't fit him to the uh, La Liga Salary Cup. They had to get rid of Bartra. They had to get rid of Juanmi, sending him to the Middle East too. And yet, uh, Betis has managed to create at least a very good squad with two world champions like Petzela and Guido Rodriguez. But also, the quality of Isco up front is making the difference for them. And yesterday, he was uh, so important, just creating that goal for Julian Jose. A striker that at Wolverhampton Wanderers didn't score many goals, but uh, he has found like a, a second youth in Betis, and he's not a spring chicken, exactly. But uh, he's there, scoring the goals, and um, they started the season very bad, uh, losing 5-0 against Barcelona in a pathetic game. Uh, I think that they got the lead 2-0 at Bilbao, and they ended up losing 4-2, and the four goals of Athletic Club Bilbao came in the first half. They also lost to Glasgow Rangers, but since then, uh, they are undefeated in 13 games. And I wouldn't say that Betis is the real deal. In fact, Las Palmas yesterday was even better than them. But I think that this side that Pellegrini has created, at least is probably the best Betis we have seen in the last four or five years. And certainly a lot better than the neighbours. They're up in seventh place, only a point of fifth, whereas Sevilla down in 15th. And are they yet to win under Diogo Alonso? Uh, they, have, they have won a game in the cup. In the cup. In the cup. Okay, not in right. the one Champions League, not in La Liga. In fact, right. uh, they are playing a very important game in the Champions League this week yeah. uh, because they got only two points. Sergio Ramos got sent off. Don't answer this question because you know the answer. Okay. Got sent off this weekend with Sevilla. Mm. How many red cards did he get in his career? That how that's, This was his how many red cards? 13th. 13th? 37. 37. Wow. 21. You know the answer, yeah? Tell me, tell me. Okay, no, Nobody. give, give an I know Pepe then, was 21. I looked up Pepe the other day. His red cards. So, 25. 13, you said 30, yeah. 37, 21? 25. That was his 29th red card. Wow. How'd you get to 29 red cards? So, Alvaro won. I mean, he should, he should win. Remarkable. And Jesus Navas got sent off yeah, as well. well yeah. mm. I mean, Jesus Navas, from all the players, probably one of the most peaceful ones, but this time... He was very angry, and I can understand the nerves are there, Sevilla is not winning. Nerves for the Nervionenses. Spot on. There you go, that's the Totally Football Show on Europe. As I say, some of us will be doing the goal show Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Rafa, you'll be joining me for the Europa League, which you're not even mentioned today, actually, barely, yeah. (laughs) Really? Really? You're excited? You've never watched that show. Shows, uh, Good luck, Raf. Yeah, down got, on that show. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's yeah, but by the time you get the Conference League... Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the last 45 minutes. But watch minutes. the whole game. Oh, the whole show. Uh, I will. 10.30 on uh, Thursday. <laughs> I'll check it anyway, out. Anyway, great stuff. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week. Jules, Alvaro, Rafa, James, Charlie, and Rachel, and you, listener, and from all of us here, it's goodbye. 
You've been listening to The Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Discover bonus video content by searching for The Totally Football Show on YouTube and see the very latest subscription offers at theathletic.com slash totally. The Athletic.